fight And we don't have to kill Everybody in the whole wide world Really just needs to chill No, we don't have to fuss No, no, no We don't have to fight Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Just Chill with Oliver George, the season one finale, nonetheless. But before we get to that, I want to remind you, if you are watching this on YouTube right now and you would prefer an audio-only version of the episode, you can get that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc., Opposite to that, if you're listening to this right now and you didn't realize there was a visual side of this show, please come check us out on YouTube. Wherever you find the show, please subscribe, share, follow, like, whatever it may be on that respective platform. It helps me to grow the channel and reach more viewers and more listeners, which is my ultimate goal here. Um, And if you've already subscribed, thank you so much. Finally, if you want to contact the show for whatever reason, it's justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's episode. As I mentioned, it's the season one finale. The first episode of this show ever was put up on October 21st, 2019. So we're rounding the one-year mark, and I honestly can't believe what a year it's been. Pandemic aside, 2020's been fucked up in a lot of ways, but when it comes to this show, I've been so proud at uh, the work that I've put in, honestly, but also just I feel so lucky for the the amazing people that I've been able to interview, whether it's uh, peers from my co- the comedy community here or people I've admired and respected my entire life, some of which from my childhood. Uh, Honestly, I couldn't be more happy with the way things have gone. So if you have watched this show or or shared it or anything like that, thank you so much. And also thank you to all the guests who have come on this show. It really, it's been a blast. Now, I should say, after this finale episode goes up, I'm going to be taking a few weeks off. There's a lot that goes into doing this. Uh, I have three kids, work at the hospital, and I do this show basically by myself. My dad does help when we're doing live recordings in studio, but other than that, it's all me. I'm editing everything. I'm wrangling guests. You know, I'm doing the interviews themselves, so uh, research as well. It takes a lot of time. So I'm going to chill for three weeks, I guess, four weeks maybe. I'm just going to do crafts and, uh, you know, exercise and, and just have some fun, so Hopefully, we're going to be recording new episodes in mid-November, end of November, maybe. And then I'm thinking mid beginning of December to maybe mid-December, we should be up and rolling with season two. I've already got a great guest lined up for uh, the premiere of season two, so stay tuned for that. Now, back to the actual episode here. We're still in season one. I'm rambling on about season two. Uh, to end off this amazing season, epic, epic guests. If you're a fan of Degrassi, you're going to love this one. I got the chance to sit down via Zoom with Pat Mastriani and Stefan Brogren. Uh, If you're a fan of Degrassi, you know those names. That's Joey and Snake. Joey Jeremiah and Snake Simpson on my show. Can't even freaking wrap my head around that. But nevertheless, it happened, and it was a great chat. I do want to mention, though, we uh, we talk about Pat's new documentary at one point, so I want to make sure you guys know where to find that. It's called Narbo's Guide to Being a Broomhead, uh, which probably sounds like a bunch of nonsense if you're not a Degrassi fan, but you know what? If you're not a Degrassi fan, go out and watch some damn Degrassi. You're going to thank me later. Um, but anyways, you can find that documentary on uh, DegrassiTour.com. It's like eight bucks Canadian or something, so go watch that. It's amazing. And uh, I guess that's pretty much it. I don't know. I, I don't even know what to say. What a, what a fantastic episode. Please check it out. Thank you so much. So, wow. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this, guys. That's how I got to start off this because this is, uh, to interview even one of you would have been a dream come true. So to be able to chat with both of you at the same time is mind-blowing for me. Uh, awesome. Just, just big thanks for that. Uh, it, you know, honestly, a lot of people have been having a shitty 2020. Uh, and I have as well. You know, uh, my fiance and I both work in frontline in the hospital. So it's been rough in a lot of ways. But as far as- What do you do on the frontline? Uh, she's an ICU nurse and I sterilize surgical equipment. Oh, wow. Mind you, I'm uh, like more of a stay-at-home dad. I pick up shifts when she's sort of right or whatever. But um, 
Yeah, no, it's it's been rough in that sense. But with the show, I've I feel like I've had a horseshoe up my ass. Um, you know, end end of January, I got Strombo on, and then ever since then, I got to talk to so many people I've respected, like Kim Mitchell and Fred Penner and Spenny and Biff Naked and Body Break. Yeah. So um, <laughs> you guys are the season finale now, uh, episode thirty-two, I believe, and you know it's it's been a veritable who's who of Canadian pop culture thus far. So this is I can't think of anything more serendipitous than this. Um, That's great. And second of all, sorry to keep droning on here, but um, I want to thank you guys also just for the show. I, I was born in 85, so I was too young when you guys were first airing, but they started rerunning them in the end of the 90s on CBC. And I would come home every day after school when I was in middle school. And, you know, the, the fashion was a little outdated, but the issues were the same. And it was stuff that I wanted to know about and, and needed answers to at that age. And, you know, so I want to thank you guys for that. Great. Thank you. Um, so now to start off, I'll get to some old school Degrassi stuff in a moment, but I wanted to talk about the new stuff going on. So the documentary that Patches put out, which I just watched last night and absolutely enjoyed the crap out of. Actually, why, why am I saying crap? I can swear on here. I enjoyed the you fuck can swear. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to, to maybe get Pat to sort of do the elevator pitch to, to my viewers because uh, I don't know if everybody knows about it and it was uh, really enjoyable. Yeah, thank you. I was just working on it today, actually. I have a, another version that's coming out in, in a few weeks, uh, which is going to be a lot of more behind the scenes, uh, full panels, because what I did with the Narbo's Guide to Being a Broomhead was I consolidated two days worth of Q&A panels into a 90-minute documentary. Um, you know, I wish I had a bigger budget. I wish I could have had more cameras. I wish I could have had wireless microphones and all those wonderful toys. But, you know, we did the best with what we got. And ultimately, it was the content that was the most important part of the film. And, and folks like Stefan and, and, you know, uh, Amanda Steptoe and Stacey Mystician and basically everybody that attended Palooza uh, really stepped up and, and embraced what the event was all about. And that was just to celebrate the unsung heroes and tell our story. Um, and, you know, we've kind of been overshadowed with superstars like Drake and, and uh, even, you know, Kevin Smith attaching himself to his fondness of the show. Uh, you know, I, there's a, a whole army of people that work behind the scenes that, you know, were there through the long haul of junior, uh, the kids of uh, junior high and high, and uh, they never had a spotlight put on them. So I, that was my main mission with, with Palooza was to um, put a spotlight on, on my friends. And the uh, documentary itself, was that something that came out of COVID, like because you couldn't do more Palooza in person? No, I couldn't do more Palooza because I got a cease and desist order. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, we are actors from the show, but we don't own the license. We don't own Degrassi, you know. Mm. Um, I'm, it's a learning process for me, and I learned a valuable lesson that I couldn't create an event called Degrassi Palooza without getting permission. So uh, at the end of the day, this was a one-time event. Uh, the, the fine lawyers at DHX Media were kind enough to give me permission to do this event one time only. And, uh, and so I took advantage of the opportunity, and, and I'm glad I did because we, we got to praise uh, one of the co-creators, uh, Kit Hood, uh, who unfortunately passed away uh, only a few months after the event. Yeah, I saw that. I'm blessed that that opportunity uh, took place. Yeah, well, that was one of the things I took away from, from that was that you are an amazing public speaker, and you give like these Captain America level like inspirational speeches. Honest to God, when you presented him with that award, there was a lot of misty eyed moments and stuff, you know. So I learned it uh, all from Stefan Brogren. He is. Oh yeah, I thought of everything he does. 
Well, I was going to say, Stefan, for you when I watched it, I couldn't believe how funny you were because you Snake was always kind of a straight man to Joey's zany, wacky character. So, um, and I actually had a question about that because I know you married a comedian. So I was going right. to ask, have you always been funny and that's why you were drawn to a comedian or did marrying a comedian make you a funnier dude? Marrying a comedian has made me um, a sadder dude. <laughs> Comedians are depressing. Com uh, and listen, I, and just on the comedian front, I love, my wife is the best. I did fall in love with her for a sense of humor. Definitely, that was definitely part of it, of who, who she is. But uh, um, my experience now in the comedy community is that most of them are bummers. And uh, that's where they probably get their comedy from. You know what I'm saying? So, oh yeah. Um, as far as being funny, I don't know. I listen. Pat and I have done speaking engagements for so many years together, and Pat is absolutely inspirational, and I'm always an asshole. And it's like it's one of these things where I love. I, I feel like we counter each other very well that way. You know, and Pat's still really funny himself. He's a really funny guy, but I think he also likes to be inspirational in those moments when, like, you know, he's got to a packed room of Degrassi fans who wants to make sure that they, you know, all are feeling special yeah, and that the cast are feeling special, you know? So yeah, well, you could feel that uh, empathy from him for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's just, it really is like, uh, I, I'm a bit of an ass that way, but I do. I, I also, I, I, I really want to put a smile on people's faces also. And I feel like sometimes I've done so many, so much press for Degrassi, which can be such a heavy show that sometimes I try to lighten it up a little bit so that we can just have a little bit of a laugh at the same time while you answer you know, a question about, um, you know, a suicide in a storyline, you know, so that there is some sort of juxtaposition between, you know, the sadness or the, the deepness of the show. Yeah, so everyone doesn't leave, leave the thing bummed out, you know? Exactly, yeah. Uh, that was another thing I liked about uh, Pat's documentary was that you guys kept it uncensored because it very much reminded me of uh, the Jono Vision thing you guys mm -hmm. had done back in the day when I was watching the show, except this was even more awesome because it was, you know, Spike saying motherfucker and stuff. <laughs> That's Amanda. I tell you, I, I wasn't expecting her to be so uncensored. I mean, I know that's the way she is in real life and that's what makes her such an awesome person to be friends with. But we were all brought up in that age of CBC and we were always told to watch the vulgarity, to watch our stories, to not give too much truth in, in our storytelling when we do interviews and whatnot, um, that we reserve the right to keep a personal life and a privacy uh, that we don't share with the public. So for Amanda, just to sort of let go of all that, and, and a bunch of other actors did that weekend as well. But I mean, I think Amanda really took full advantage of it and uh, just made the audience realize that we weren't our characters, that we weren't these, you know, squeaky clean people in real life, that we were real people too. And, and I think Amanda wanted to tear down those walls. I, I still like though that you chose to, uh, like not censor it when you put out the film because you could have done that with the mindset of like, well, Degrassi has a lot of younger viewers. I don't want, you know, but I liked it because it felt like a really like a long podcast, like a Degrassi podcast almost with all these great conversations and viewpoints and, and experiences and stuff. So that was actually a question I was going to ask you much later, but do you think there's any chance of like a Degrassi podcast with uh, interviewing various cast members every week? Cause if you don't do it, I'll, I will. <laughs> There's already dozens of them out there. I'm sure oh, okay. you can speak on that because definitely Stefan, it was I cool. mean, I, listen, I, I, we, I, I talk about doing a podcast like every second week and I just don't know if I want to do something that is dedicated to Degrassi. It would be fun to have a constant flow of Degrassi cast coming in to do interviews and stuff like that. Uh, whatever I want to do personally, I'm not sure what that is yet as far as a podcast is concerned. I think it definitely has to have a Degrassi aspect to it. Yeah. And I, it's something that I probably want to do with my wife. 
So I don't know if there's a comedy aspect, the Degrassi aspect. I, I think that uh, um, there's so much stuff out there right now. And it, I think that there, I, I just want to, I don't know what the audience is for. I know there's a huge audience for Degrassi stuff. And it's just that I, I don't know if I want to spend too much time uh, on the Degrassi front right now, even though I love talking about Degrassi, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, uh, but it's but, been a uh, huge part of your it's... life for, you know, decades now. So wanting yeah, to is completely understandable. And I also don't want, like, listen, there's a lot of people that have really, that are involved with the show that have fantastic memories of the show. And there's people that have not so fantastic memories of the show. And, uh, you know, I gotta, you gotta figure out what that tone is if you're gonna do something. I, I, I don't know, I, it is, it is uh, something that I've tried to think about a couple of times. And you, you, you know, I, I'm not sure yet. Hey. Don't rush into it, you know. Do cool. it you can, right. Hey, get as many Jurassic kids as you can to, to be on your show. Dude. Just go hey, for it. this is a great start right here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask about the Palooza. Was there, because I noticed a few people that weren't there. Some of them did appear in the stock footage. But was there anyone who just flat out refused to be a part of it? Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll give them their privacy. And okay, not, fair, fair. But, but definitely there were a few people that just flat out said thank you, but no thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, like Stefan said, there's some people that have a positive memory with their experience on the show. And there's some people that are not, uh, you know, remembering the show that fondly or their time on the show. Um, I, I can be straight up honest and tell you that myself, when I left the, the next generation in 05, I didn't mention the word Degrassi for almost 10 years. Uh, I didn't speak to Stefan until I um, reintroduced myself to him back in 2016, uh, asking him if he would like to join me on a, on a thank you tour um, where we went to conventions across the country. Um, there does come a point where you get your fill of it. And, and I had reached that point for about a decade. I wanted to do other things and I wanted to put it in the back burner. Um, but then I came back around and I embraced it full wholeheartedly with the idea of celebrating our version of the series. Um, but yeah, uh, in, in terms of uh, some of the cast that couldn't make it, there were lots of cast that wanted to come, but just for uh, technical reasons couldn't make it. Uh, you know, uh, Irene Krakos, uh, who played Alexa, was in Greece and she would have loved to have been there. Um, you know, Dio Day, who played BLT, was filming in LA, so he couldn't make uh. it. So there were a lot of people that would have loved. And again, there was a limit to how many people I could actually host. Uh, in, well, yeah, you, you guys had tons of people as it was. Yeah. I, I started off wanting only 10 and we ended up with 25. So um, it, it worked out That's really awesome. well. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, I, I, when you mentioned that you had started in 2015 doing the uh, conventions and stuff, that must have been when I met you. I have a, oh, it's behind me over here. That's the Zit Remedy. And uh, ah. I met you when I was just trying to start doing some, some baby version of this show. I was doing like a man on the street thing and I, I bugged the shit out of you I'm sure um so it's kind of cool it at the convention? five years later you actually are agreeing to be on my show <laughs> as was opposed to me just like shoving a mic or sorry was it at the convention that we met with you or uh it, I don't believe you were there it was uh just oh, at, and there. it was in Cornwall at the Cape event um and the guys from comic book men were there and uh anyways yeah. it, was it, it was a cool memory for me and it's just it's really trippy that you're here now like you know as a bona fide guest as opposed to me shoving a mic in your face and as a podcaster, you, you can imagine how many people approach us because we are quite approachable online and we, we engage with fans online on social media. Um, we get asked a minimum three to five times a week to do podcast. And you got to at some point say, okay, enough with the podcast. Yeah, you're, you only got so much time. I do try to pick and choose and, and you know, I'm, I'm glad we have this opportunity to speak now. Um, but yeah, it just seems like everybody and their grandmother has a podcast and I only want to do podcasts that uh, 
are, you know, intelligent, people do their homework and they actually want to talk to you as opposed yeah. to just grabbing somebody who's got some, you know, a little bit of notoriety. Yeah. Power leeching or whatever. No, uh, I'm a, I'm a true fan. I can say that. Um, <laughs> I wanted to say as far as modern things that are going on right now for Stefan, I wanted to talk to you about uh, Canada drag race and just what was uh-huh. your biggest takeaway from that experience? Cause that show is a blast. Uh, my fiance is super into it and I've caught quite a bit of it and laughed my ass off. Uh, it was by far the, the the most exciting thing that's happened to me in the past eight months since COVID happened. Not eight months. I should take that back because I did have my honeymoon before we uh, before uh, <laughs> um, COVID hit. Uh, it was yeah, we shot it back in November, right? So uh, it was a while ago, and it's one of those things you're like, I I hope the show's a hit. I'm assuming it's going to be a hit, and uh, but and also the ladies are were awesome. I had such a great experience on the show. Just like, I was only there for a day, right? But it was like a you know, 12 hour day that gets broken down into like five minutes on the show. Um, but it was, uh, it was fabulous. I told them I would come back anytime. And they were very big on, uh, they were like, they, they, they were very thankful that I was doing, because they said they don't, they, it's not very always received when they ask for straight guys to be on the show. They don't, I think sometimes they think they're going to be made fun of, which is awesome. I don't know why you wouldn't want to be made fun of. Like, I, yeah, it's, really. it's all sort of joy and making fun of yourself, that whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but I was like, are you kidding? I wouldn't, I wouldn't have missed this. You know, it's, it's absolutely something. I'm so honored that you guys wanted to have me, but it is one of those things that, that they said they have a little trouble sometimes. I think uh, Tom Green did the show as well, but it was like, uh, you know, they, I, I think some people are just like a little weirded out. I mean, I got to tell you, I have friends who are just like, I've come to me afterwards and be like, I've got to tell you, like, I, I really love drag queens. I'm like, Oh really? He's like, I mean, I mean, I can't date them because they have a penis. <laughs> but on the show, I'm just there. This, those beautiful, and like they're telling me this, like they're opening up to me about this, like all their personal, you know, choices and, and likes. And I'm, I'm like, that's hysterical. But that's what the show is supposed to be about. It is that sort of like exploration and having fun, and they're all clowns. Like they're so funny. Yeah, it's and just a carefree to that show. Yeah, and like, but and like, obviously, glamour pusses. But I just like, I was just surprised how like, you know, listen, they work very hard at what they do, and uh, I was just happy to be there for for the fun of it. Right on. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. sure people enjoyed having you there. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna switch it up to uh, old school Degrassi questions for a bit here. Uh, the main thing I wanted to know was what was it like for you guys being, you know, going to real high school and then pretending to go to this other high school, and did that affect your actual high school experience in a big way like because i would have thought you guys must have been super cool in high school like you're oh you're on that show and you know was it like i mean listen your degrassi wasn't necessarily like a cool card to have with you when you're going through high school i mean listen and also i think we had a lot of friends in the industry that were this you know we we, uh, i went to school for the arts pat was uh you know always would come and hang out at uh parties at from my high school with my group of friends. And, and uh, I think there was, you learned very quickly who really gives a shit about you being on Degrassi versus your friends at school who you're hanging with. And the same on cast. Like, it's like one of those things where you're, you're just like, I have a great relationship with this person. I think that with school and with uh, Degrassi, which was like school in a lot of ways as well, um, you, you find those people that you trust and that, that mixture was kind of works really nicely. I, I'll, I'll tell you, there's like very quickly, your high school doesn't care that you were on Degrassi, you know, when, when they're, they're very much like concerned about, you know, 
whatever sport team they're on, whatever, they, like real school stuff, you know? So they get over it pretty quickly. And, uh, but it's, you know, it's, I, I, I had a lot of great, I had a lot of people sort of protect me also when I was in high school that didn't want people to like bother us when we were like, because people can get overwhelmed with like, why do they want to talk about Degrassi all the time? You know, if you're in, and they, they want to sort of protect you from that. And I'm sure Pat's had the same experience. Yeah, no, I, I actually uh, was the kind of person in high school that leaned towards the cast, uh, being more friendly and more outgoing with them. I was a bit of an introvert in my real high school just because of, you know, before Degrassi, I was a very shy kid, very insecure. I don't remember going to one party with anybody that I went to actual high school with. But you I came to my high school parties. Yeah, I went to all the Steppens High School parties, <laughs> and we would throw our own parties on the weekends, uh, either at Amanda Cook's house, who played LD, or whoever was available that weekend. Or your basement, Pat. Or my basement, absolutely. So, I mean, my high school experience, when I look back fondly at it, it is with those cast members that I bonded with on, on the series, more so than my high school. Now, I have tons of high school friends that I still talk. I, Jesus, I married one of my high school uh, girlfriends, you know, in real life. But, um, you know, in terms of those memories of my teenage years, it's all wrapped up with, with my, my castmates. But you guys see us as the actors and the characters on, on the show, where Stefan and I have a completely different um, memory of, of our Degrassi experience because it was all behind the scenes. It was all off, offset, uh, where we would vacation together and rent cottages together and whatnot. So it's uh, all pretty good memories. I gotta say, like they're all like, it was, it was summer camp in a lot of ways. Yep. And, uh, like it's, it, it, you, I, you know, I remember certain things where I'm like, Holy shit, that was, that, they shouldn't have done that or, or we shouldn't have done that, whatever. But 90% of the stuff, it's like fantastic memories of what it's a special way to grow up. I gotta say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys had at least people that cared about the cast as opposed to, you know, some child actors you hear about who are just completely exploited and no one's looking out for them. I, I don't I mean, know. Listen, we all had our families that were looking after us as well. You couldn't have asked, you could, you know, if I'm, I'm, I'm almost across the board. You saw parents that really cared about what their kids were doing let alone are they concentrating on school. Some, you know, there's people that were on that show that are lawyers now. Nice. And they were definitely, you know, school, they had parents that were making sure that they were, uh, you know, keeping up as far as the rest of the world is concerned. And I think we sort of hopefully kept each other in check a fair amount. And that also, but, you know, we had, we have really good families. Pat's got the best parents, you know. I've got great parents, and they were, like, really uh, important on keeping us, I think, grounded. And also going, enjoy what you're doing, you know. No, but good parents is a huge thing. I mean, same for me. I have amazing parents. Normally, when we do the in-studio stuff here, my dad is, is the guy doing all the tech over there. So right. um, I'm close with my parents as well. And I think that's part of the reason I turned out pretty good, I think. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. living on the streets or anything. I got a nice uh, fiance. My kids are good, you know. There you go. Yeah, what, what else can you ask for, really? Yeah. Um, for, for Degrassi, I also wanted to ask, did you guys, let's just say you couldn't have played the character that you played. What character would you next have wanted to play? Like if you couldn't have been Snake and you couldn't have been Joey, what other Degrassi character would you have then auditioned for? Let's just say. Well, it's too bad that you know the character was so specific for the, for the role of Arthur Kowalowski because I was more like Arthur in grade nine than I was really like Joey because I played Joey in a way that I thought a cool guy would be, like the Fonz or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, like I, I, I had nothing cool about me. I was just this wannabe, you know, I wanted to be liked by people so badly that I did anything and everything. I lit a firecracker in the grade nine home ec class because somebody handed it to me on a dare and said, light it. And I wanted him to like me so badly that I did. I actually lit a firecracker in class and let it blow in the classroom. <laughs> and I got sent to the principal's office and I almost got expelled for it. Oh, um, but they knew that I wasn't the mastermind behind it all because I was just too stupid to come up with the idea myself to do it. So they knew I was just a pawn. And, and that was really my whole childhood, but, you know, growing up till I got on the series where I started to have my own identity. But, but back in those elementary school days, I was just a very shy, awkward, insecure kid. So I related more to the Arthur Kowalowski character than I did to the Joey Jeremiah character. Now, I, I will admit, I grew into the Joey character and I grew into you know, my own personality as well as, by playing that character. But I think there was an insecurity about him that um, people saw right through uh, the Joey character that was probably more Pat than Joey. Hmm. First of all, Pat's full of shit. Um, <laughs> he was very cool when he was younger. He was very confident and has all the insecurities of teenagers. But Pat, you were a cool kid when you were on the show. Even when you first showed up, you had a swagger. You had a belief in yourself. And that's important. And then, of course, you had those insecurities. But I love that you wanted to play uh, Arthur. That's, that's, but I, I listen, the, the truth is, is that Pat's a, Pat's a very, very charming man. And, when, uh, and, it, and it, comes, it comes across in Joey and it comes across in Pat. So whatever he says, let's take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> um, uh, I, I auditioned for Joey Jeremiah and oh, yeah? uh, I was pissed. <laughs> like that's Joey's the most fun role. Okay. Yeah. Like he's, he does have the, uh, the ability from being a total asshole, selling kids vitamins, saying they're drugs to, you know, being heartbroken over this girl uh, you know, he, uh, dealing with a kid that's like, you know, his mortal enemy that's HIV positive, and they have this great moment. Like that character got to do so many uh, growth, growing activities in his high school years that it's obviously it's the character that you kind of want to play because it's just so much fun. You know, Snake is fun in the sense that he's a, like, I, I, you, you get it very clearly that Snake is a follower and he loves Joey and Wheels and the Zit Remedy. And, uh, but it's very easy, you know, my, the joke in my head is that the script would go, hey, Snake, let's steal your dad's car. Joey, I don't want to do that. Come on, Snake, let's steal your dad's car. Okay, Joey. You know, it would be always- <laughs> He's, he's kind of like a millhouse in that way. Pretty you know? much, yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of fun in playing Snake, but, uh, I, but Joey had some fun stuff to do. And that, yeah. that's always like, you know, he got, he got the heavy stuff and he also had to be the super clown. And that's what I think all of us wanted to do, right? We all yeah, wanted so much the rain. stories and the heavy stories, you know, so. Well, yeah. so you remember during the audition, uh, the, the, the um, workshops that we had, uh, mm -hmm. it was Arthur, Yik Yu, Joey, were there any other characters really that were developed? Uh, I think Vula might have been a character. Stephanie K was Stephanie K a character at that point? Yes, they were. But for ma male characters on the show, were they? It was Yick and Joey and Arthur. I think were it and Rick. I don't care. I can't remember. If I don't know. I mean, they were really doing some uh, finding stories from new cast members as they went along. I think so. Yeah, I my character didn't exist. Amanda Steptoe's character really came from her, them loving her look and her you know, being gung-ho for the show. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of us, I think sort of, they found something to write around us, you know? So they had the guys that like, Pat came in and he's like, they're like, okay, that's our George Jeremiah. Oh, Nicole Stoffman is our Stephanie Kay. 
Um, but then, you know, they, they know Stacey Mystician, but they haven't really developed a Caitlyn character yet. But they're like, okay, now we're seeing what she can do, what we, how we want to play her. This will be interesting. So, yeah, they were, they were definitely growing with the, with the cast. That whole first season was basically character development for the Pretty entire much. cast. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys are truly ingrained in the characters in a way. Um, I wanted to ask you guys also about the Zit Remedy, just briefly, which we mentioned, but everybody knows the song, and it's very clear from, from the documentary, and I also saw an interview that you did with Neil, where he was also not a fan of the song. So it seems like you guys kind of dreaded it, especially by, you know, after years of singing that song. What I want to know, this is just a fun question, do you think there's any artist or band that could do it justice in a cover song? And, or even just the, what, an artist that you would like to hear cover that song. Or you just never want to hear the song again. <laughs> I, listen, I don't mind hearing the song. I just don't want to sing the song. <laughs> you know, like, I, like it, I, I can't tell you how many times Pat and I are like, oh, they're going to ask us to sing the damn song, aren't they? Oh, oh I can no. imagine, yeah. Okay. You know, but I think the song is silly and fun. And I think we always enjoyed playing it. Like, we, those scenes were actually very fun in my mind. Um, I don't think... I don't know how you pull off that song. I, I challenge someone to make that song a hit. Like a punk cover <laughs> or something, maybe, you know? Oh, but I say, and listen, there were a lot of punk covers. I think oh, yeah? there were a lot of bands back in the day that would try to cover it. And uh, I mean, I remember being at shows and like seeing a band and they were like, oh my God, we, we covered um, Everybody Wants Something. I'm like, oh, thanks for not bringing me up on stage. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know, Pat, do you think? Uh, well, I used a great version from an East Coast band at the tail end of the uh, documentary. Yeah, uh, yeah, I caught that, yeah. A version of it, which I thought was really good. I've, I've heard of uh, and have a couple of versions of it by other artists that have done a really great job. Um, I think it would be hilarious to have, like, some really famous Canadian band do it. Um, I can't like think Sloan of Sloan or something. Who? Like Sloan. Somebody. I can't yeah. think off the top of my head. I mean, you know, even... Uh, even a hip hop version of it would be kind of hilarious. So, <laughs> but yeah, it is one of those songs that um, I'm, I'm most proud of that people remember it fondly and, and they remember the band fondly and it'll always be uh, something that um, is attached to the show uh, as its own little wonderment. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing little thing that people like. And I, I explained it in the documentary about why I think people like the band so much. But um, yeah, I mean, for Stefan and I, that after years and years and years of singing it, it's just like one of those uh, punches in the gut that um, when we have... I mean, I, I don't know why they didn't write another song for us. Like, I mean, it's... Yeah, really. You know, five years of one song is ridiculous. You know, it's like, you know, you figure they write us something. I think they like the fact that like, yeah, they have one song. <laughs> Yeah, but it almost becomes unbelievable from like a writing standpoint that those characters wouldn't get sick of playing it, you know? Not necessarily. I bet they, you know, I can see them going week to week like, man, I really put a little riff on that one. That was, that's what, okay, <laughs> we're almost perfect. Your songs are awesome, perfect. Snake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, Steph, maybe you and I should release a new song just for shits and giggles. We'll come up with a new song. There you go. You, we, you heard we, it here first. So torn apart. <laughs> Everyone would be like, "It's not." Everybody wants something. Yeah, you'll we'll, never we'll, live. Let's up talk. To that. Let's talk. We'll figure it out. All right, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I'm sure you guys will blow the roof off of it. Um, when you guys did schools out, I want to ask: Did that was that like extremely like almost too dark? Because I remember, especially with that being the end at the time when I saw it, I was like, "Holy hell!" This you know, the show has always had its heavy moments, but this thing is like packed. Basically, the whole movie is 
you know, it's kind of depressing almost. There's some lessons to be learned and whatever, but um, were you, did you find it was kind of a bleak way to kind of go out? Well, first of all, uh, I, I do think it is a, a pretty awesome downer of a ending for a, a series. Um, I don't think it would be Degrassi if you didn't go out that way, to tell yeah, you the truth. Valid. Um, I think also that but watching with, you know, Pat and I have done some uh, watch schools out with an audience. And there's obviously a lot of funny things in there that they love, some of which are intentional, some of which are not. And they, uh, but there's a lot of joy, I think, in schools out. It just, it does end with a pretty horrible uh, scenario. You know, it is at one point the summer of fun and everything's awesome. And, you know, Joey's got two girls and, you know, Snake's a lifeguard, hooray. And, you know, everyone's like, Wheels is working on his car. Lucy's going away to school or whatever. You know, they're all like doing stuff. And then, yes, it ends terribly. And I'm, <laughs> if anyone has not watched Schools Out, I, I suggest you find it because it is dark in the end. But I do think there is a lot of stuff that is super fun, laugh out loud, uh, uh, enjoyable about Schools Out. And, and uh, yeah, I, like, I, I was really surprised how much joy it actually brought people to watch as a group. So it's not like it's not like a downer. Like you're like I I feel like I've just watched a documentary about you know the Holocaust. But I'll <laughs> tell you, there are things in this that are awful, and there are things in it that I think are full of joy, and that's why I think people get such a kick out of it. So I'm just glad people can see it now. At the time that I was into Degrassi originally, um, I had heard about it, but there was nowhere to find it because the internet was still kind of in its prepubescent stage, you know? And, and so that was a little bit of a bummer at the time. I don't even remember where I eventually- Don't mind my wife, she's just- No, no, I wanna say thank you for over. helping facilitate all this and thank you to Danny as well. He says, thank you for helping facilitate this. Okay, good. I just gotta get some cookies, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, hey. Hi, sweetie, hi, Hi, sweetie. Love you, bye. <laughs> she's gone. I actually text her now when I want to speak to Stefan because she answers me right away. And uh, I have to go through- I'm Stephen. really bad at that, yeah. Well, I have to go through Stefan's people whenever I want to send him a message. <laughs> <laughs> but, man. But School's Out, you know what? Um, you have so many shows that try to wrap everything up in a nice little bow and Degrassi was never about that. And, and I think uh, our fans deserve to be, you know, um, to have the guns blazing at the end of that movie just with this, I think there was a, a, a gasp from the Canadian audience that watched it originally in, in 91, uh, that a, a belief that I can't believe the show ended like that. And I think that resonated for years and, and the longing for more to find out what happened to wheels, what happened to snake, what happened yeah, to it was the loose ends. Yeah. So there was so much that was just left. And I think for almost a decade, people up until the John vision reunion, uh, people were just like, what the hell? So, um, yeah, I think it was just a, a brilliant way to end the series. And, and, and so that, people were longing for more because we were still at a very high mark on, on in terms of ratings and people were still discovering the show for the first time and watching it and enjoying it and appreciating, appreciating it. So I think the show could have in theory gone on longer, but the reality was, is that we were a non-union show. Many of the actors needed to go on and move on to university. Uh, everybody was ready to just go their own way and, and they couldn't continue the series with the same original cast. Um, I mean, but, even on Next Class, you have a five-year window and then they're bringing in younger kids, right? Yeah. So, it starts yeah. to look weird eventually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who would have thought that Degrassi, the next gen and, and the next class and it was 17 seasons, Stefan? Is that how many you guys did? Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal. Like, That's incredible. bananas. And over Cuckoo seven, bananas, I should say. 
<laughs> Over 700 episodes in total, Stefan? Yeah, part? something like that. I mean, wow. and you know, it's it's so funny that, that uh, I mean, and it is true from the very beginning of junior high all the way through is that, that every generation has their class and no other class will compare. So the people that grew up with, you know, Joey and Snake don't really get Manny and, and Jimmy as much, you know, they, and uh, Jimmy and people who love Jimmy and, and Emma don't love Claire and Eli. And like, there's, I mean, listen, there's like 500 kids that go to this school at this point. Yeah. And it is very generational in, in the sense that they are going through very similar problems, problems, whether it be, you know, deciding to have an abortion, which I think we've done five times now, uh, or, um, or, or, experimenting with a new drug, whether it be acid with, you know, Shane back in the day or uh, ecstasy on next gen or Molly, you know, it's, it's constantly changing, whatever the latest drug is, but it's, you know, the, the stakes are still the same. It's, it's just, it's a different world for them. You know, I, I can, you even saw like the difference between the beginning of next generation where Manny shows her boobs on like a video at a party yeah. and the whole school freaks out versus, um, you know, a couple of years ago when we're talking, you're trying to do a show, show about like uh, sexting and uh, there were not a lot of cast members who hadn't received one or given one. And it was their attitude towards it was very different from where we were 10 years prior yeah. where it was taboo. Now it was like, it's a it's part of life. It happens. And so there was less, there was less of a, um, uh, a stigma about it. And I was like, wow. So, you know, as much as things change, they, they, they do not stay the same. You know, and uh, but so yeah, they, everyone has their generation, and uh, but it is definitely we, you, you try to stay true to those roots of Degrassi, which is that it's not necessarily going to have a, a happy ending, and that character has to carry those emotions through the rest of the show. You don't just get to next week start over again, and you know we never we weren't the show was never big on bringing in a character that uh, had the you know got got AIDS and then we're never going to see them again. You wanted to experience a little bit of what that character was going through and how they were affected by it. And they stay at that, you know, they stay at the school. So. Uh, with what you were saying about the generational stuff, I would tend to agree because I, I haven't seen some of the later, later uh, seasons from maybe next generation. I think I made it to about season eight and then I started having my own kids and I just didn't have time anymore, but yeah. I was in a sweet spot. Um, with being born in 85 because I started seeing those reruns on CBC of you guys in the late nineties. And then when I moved into high school, it was like the next generation started up. So I kind of did love both of those almost mm -hmm. equally. You know, I, I felt I could relate to both versions pretty well. Um, so I don't know, maybe I'm just that, you know, I think know. that you were part of that generation that really discovered it after we'd finished wrapped up the first show. And, yeah. you know, I think it, that's what everyone freaked everyone out is that it was becoming more popular in reruns after school and they were like, oh my God, there really is still an audience for this show. We're coming up on 10 years. It's probably, there's probably a reason to bring it back. So what was that like for you guys to come back to those characters and not even in like a small way, because if you look at something like Star Trek, right, they did the next generation. You had a couple of the guys from the original series, but it was always like a, a glorified cameo. They'd be there for one episode. Whereas you guys had, you know, several season arcs and, and Stefan, especially you've been in like every series ever. So uh, what was it like to just play those characters for so long and, and age with them while you're actually aging in real life, you know? I mean, honestly, Pat, it's like for you, I think that we both came back as adults. I think that they didn't even try to write them as Joey and Snake 
as kids. I think I know that Pat wasn't crazy about the idea of him being a used car salesman because <laughs> it just that's a little on the nose. That sounds shady, yeah. But, yeah, but I, I think that at that point we're going to play them differently. It was sort of rediscovering. It's not like we. I think we came back and go, got to find my my snake vibe, <laughs> you know, yeah. like get the hat you know, for Joey. Yeah. Well, you know, I, again, Stefan said it perfectly. They didn't try to write us as our original characters from the original series when they brought us back. And, and definitely Joey made a 180 in terms of his moral and, and he became the dad and everything. Um, I do remember having meetings with, with the producers early, early on uh, before the first episode where we discussed, you know, would Joey be a computer repair guy? And would he pop into the school from time to time to fix the computers? I'm like, no, that's yeah. just not, you know, good. He wouldn't be a teacher. You know, Snake would obviously be the teacher if anybody. Um, so they said, well, what about a used car salesman? And I was like, at that point, I was like, fine, whatever works. Whatever gets me back on the show and makes it work fine. Because ultimately, we were just supposed to be in that first double episode um, reunion episode, the very first yeah. episodes of, of TNG. Uh, and, and I mean, it's funny, Pat, when you think about like what they did with Cobra Kai. I don't know if you've watched that by any chance and how oh, they made Daniel. Yeah. And he became a car, car salesman as well. <laughs> and uh, they actually shot me a, a little message on Twitter about how... Uh, Degrassi really inspired them for Cobra Kai as far as the next generation was concerned and that they saw that we pulled it off, mm -hmm. bringing back an older generation and a younger generation and that they thought they just wanted, they gave us kudos. Oh, that's awesome, Stefan, because yeah. I mean, I'm a huge fan and I love how they've incorporated the movie with this series and how- I love that show so much. I think it's so, the yeah. final episode is in the, of season two, just, I was like, that's the best television I've watched in a while. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you got a chance to see it. Oh. I have not, and now I'm going to blow your minds. I have not seen the original Karate Kid. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, you can virtually got, hate me now. No, uh -huh. you got to, no. You just have some homework. I'll tell you. Watch it. Watch it, the original Karate Kid because it stands out. Two and three, it gets a little edgy, but I mean the. I'm sorry, we're talking about another show now, but hey, that's it's fine. Really, that's it's what really podcasting is all about. And there is definitely a uh, a feeling that is very similar to Degrassi in a lot of ways, as far as generations you know, and how they're affected. So it's good. Yeah, I'll check it out. I want to say, I think the reason I've ever watched uh, Karate Kid is just, it was one of those movies that was a little before my time. And then as I grew up, you see so many parodies and it just gets mentioned so much that it becomes this farce of, farce version of what it was or whatever. But I should just yeah. shut up and watch it because I eventually watched Rocky and, and I was like, holy fuck, this is a good movie. Why didn't I watch yeah, this Yeah, I guarantee you, watch it, you'll go, oh, this is not the parody. I thought it'd be, I'd be filled with like, you know, uh, the goofiness of it. It's very sort of like almost an art film by today's standards. Oh, nice. You know? the, the pace of it. So same way when you look at Rocky now, you're like, no one makes an action movie like that anymore. No, it was so good. Yeah. So much better than I thought it would be. I thought, yeah. you know, I'm not like a big sports guy. I didn't think it was going to be a great film for me right. personally. And I couldn't believe how like sort of artistic it was and, and just, mm -hmm. yeah, legendary. Um, I was going to ask you guys, um, this kind of relates to what we were just talking about. Since you guys had the next generation, and obviously Star Trek did that, can you? What do you think would be a cool franchise that deserves the next generation treatment? I don't know. Mm, well, and maybe that put you on the spot a little bit, but I thought it'd just be a fun question. It is a good question. I'm, I'm trying to think of some of my favorite shows growing up. I mean, a lot of shows have already done the comebacks, or the you know. Uh, Regret. On some shows you don't want to mess with. Some of them go out perfectly and it's just leave it alone, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, personally, I was really excited for the 90210 reboot. And I was 
severely disappointed. And I was like, I, I was really surprised how I, I really wanted it to work. Which reboot? Um, that been the other reboot or the one with the original cast? I'm telling you about the, the, the reboot. Like okay. that's the, 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 the that's, that's, uh, sorry, not the reboot, not the one with Sinead. The one that was uh, uh, just recently, where they're behind the scenes. Yeah, and, uh, it was like a mockumentary almost or something. Yeah, right? and I yeah. and I think we've watched something since that, or in between there, that was actually that worked that way. I can't remember what it would have been, but it just didn't fly. It just wasn't. It wasn't engaging at all, and I don't. I mean, it's a shame. Yeah. I don't know, Pat. Can you think of a show that you'd want to see a reboot of? Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing a, maybe a spinoff, a, a Joey Snake uh, spinoff uh, series. Uh, that would be awesome. Where we the dark side of the zit remedy? I don't know. Sure, why not? Uh, as far as Canadiana, I bet I bet you if you did it right, you could do a beach covers uh, reboot. As soon as you said uh, Canadian television, I, I was thinking uh, Lilith Hobo. Oh, oh, trust me, that's that's been in the works for a while. They just I don't know if they know how to do it anymore because uh, first of all, I don't know if you can call it the Littlest Hobo anymore. I think that's derogatory and so what the dogs. So I'm not sure if that's a possibility. I think there's a reboot of Danger Bay about to come back, which I think would, is, I, I'm just curious because, you know, the, the, you've got you've to age with the times a little bit. So they won't be as, it's the same with Degrassi. It won't be as uh, earnest, I think, as the, the first time around. Yeah. So it is interesting when you take today's world and go, how can I take a, a, a reboot of something? Aren't they doing like a, a dramatic reboot of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? They are. That should be interesting. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. There was a short that went around. I don't know if you've seen the short. No, but I remember when it was going around, I just never checked it out. You got to check it out. It's intense. It's really crazy. It's like, oh, okay, that's the reality of what would have really happened, you know, in Bel Air with the Fresh Prince. But it's, uh, it's, it, 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 there was enough interest. They're like, we got to make this into a show. Just the gritty reboot. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but Pat, I'll, you know, Pat and I always like talk about, man, we should, there could be a dark side of Joey and Snake show that we should do or something like that. It's just, yeah. Or at the very least in like 2050 or something, there should be like Degrassi retirement community and get oh, as that, many we've people. Been, we've been joking about that for years, man. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to wait till 2050. That's the problem. I was, <laughs> saying, to, I was saying to Stefan like a week and a half ago, we got together for a quick beer uh, at, at, at your, your bar, at your pub there. Um, time to plug the pub. What's it called again? Dog it's and the, the bear. Dog and bear. Dog but and we're bear. not open right now except on our patio because oh, okay. there's, there's COVID. We got, got in there just so, in the nick of time. Yeah, so we have for twenty eight days we're closed, like everywhere else in Ontario. But uh, uh, but we have a lovely set of picnic tables. We're at Queen and uh, Dovercourt on the west side of Toronto. And yeah, I've seen some pics on Instagram. Looks like a nice place. It's fun. It is when it's open. Yeah. yeah. What a but, bummer, eh? Yeah. Uh, I know what I think. Stefan and I would be great on a reality show, and and I've been bugging him for a couple of years now to do Amazing Race with me. That'd so, be cool. I was just talking yeah, to uh, I, Hal and Joanne from uh, Body Break because they were on the first season of that, and they said it was really intense, and they wouldn't want to do it again. See, I know, and I like. There's a part of me that I go back and forth on this all the time. I go, like, I, it would be fun to do that with Pat, but you guys what, should just like, rent like a camper van and travel across Canada, stopping at like all the landmarks or something. That would be awesome. We kind of did something like that called Degrassi Talks. Back in oh, oh yeah, yeah, all the that yeah, was really serious, had, wasn't it? Yeah, that had messages. This is just Pat and I just going to eat places across Canada. That's yeah, that'd be cool. Show would be. A, a food cooking show that'd be great. Yeah. Um, speaking of the next generation, I wanted to uh, 
mentioned Drake. Like, what was that like? Did you guys ever think that he was going to blow up that huge? Or was it clear when you worked with him that he was heading places? I mean, my my thing is that there was a very good possibility that all these kids were going to go places. Um, but I think that you don't recognize what someone's doing behind the scenes. Also, I know, listen, there's no doubt that Aubrey is super charming and super dedicated, like in the day, back in the day, but, and uh, was working so hard at night, coming in and shooting the show. But who, but who gets this big? Right, like, that's what I mean. He's like Michael is, Jackson big now. Like We're not talking about even like The weekend. you know? He's, he's like uh, uh, this icon around the world in a way that's like, you can't, like how do you, I don't know how you, I don't know how you do that. I don't know. I think you, I mean, he basically has a corporation around him that is Drake. And, you know, he is a, he is a, uh, he's trademarked himself basically, you know, but I don't, I like, I'm, I'm in awe of him for doing this to tell you the truth, because it is so ridiculously huge, but it's not like, I mean, this is beyond talent at this point. This is like, he's, he is a, a entity to himself that is like a, a, a product that is, I like that I personally really enjoy. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I don't think you reckon, I mean, he was just, he was goofy as everyone else on that show, you yeah. know? You he know, started kinda... rapping on the show in some episodes, I remember too. Well, he, he didn't want to. And because he was like, I don't want, he's like, and this is where, okay, this is where you can see an artist behind him is that he's like, I don't want to portray Jimmy who hasn't rapped on this show once to be good. I don't think it makes sense that all of a sudden he's like, my level up and mad so bars I, yeah yeah so he's like if i do it i want it to be not that good and we're like i think we were all like oh that's great because at first he was like i don't want to do it but he did come around in the end as, as far as just saying let's let's just figure out a way that it feels legit and like that makes the show better yeah when you come up with ideas like that he really wanted to make it so that he was like separating himself so no one thought that that was drake rapping and also let's be legit for who jimmy is and what the level his would be at his his level of ability would be at so um no i mean and that's an artist i mean that's that's yeah i don't think you recognize that someone's going to be that big it's just like i don't think it's he was like he was always talented and there were so many talented people and i like i remember hearing his first tracks and i was like oh my god they're so good but i don't think you know and he would say he's like yeah i dinner with quincy jones last night and you're like what (laughs) oh you like you're doing this for a career this is real and you you know you see them go on this 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 tangent, but I, I or this this crazy you know success, and I think it's ridiculously exciting to watch. I don't know if you can like pinpoint a time where you go, that's the guy who's going to make it. Yeah. You know? Well, it still must be. But yeah, I always knew. I always knew. He was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were his manager behind the scenes. Yeah. Sure. There were a lot of singers uh, that that were actors on the series. I mean, Jake Epstein. Yeah, was a performer and he did a lot of like musicals and stuff, right? Cassie Steele re- released an album. Uh, oh, nice! You know, uh, oh, a lot of those kids release albums. You know, they're 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 trying. You know, it's. Uh, well, I know Cassie did some voices on Rick and Morty too, so I thought that was super cool. Yeah, no, and Jake, you're saying Jake Epstein played Spider Man on Broadway? Yeah, right? okay, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, a lot of talented kids for sure. For me at the time, it was just, oh, great. Another kid wants to be a musician as well as an actor. And, you know, like, you know, it's just like, I, I appreciated their enthusiasm, but I honestly didn't take it seriously until 
you know, 08, 09, when, when he signed on with Lil Wayne. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. So, um, and I know he had a, a rough couple of years initially. Um, no, he, listen, he worked his ass off. Yeah. Like he was working his ass off when he was recording. But I um, also, I just don't know if we in our minds saw being from Toronto as some sort of commodity that he could work around the world. And I think when we saw that he was going like, I'm not pretending I'm from Compton. Yeah. I'm not a gangbanger. I'm this young man from Canada yeah. that's half Jewish and half black. Like there's a lot to be said there that's like, oh, he's just going to start telling stories that we haven't heard before also. And that's, I think, was really refreshing. You know, like he's, he wasn't putting on anything. That's just Aubrey. That's just Drake, you know? Cool. To be genuine. That's what people yeah. want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think he'll buy the Raptors, Stefan? What's that? You think he'll one day buy the Raptors? Um, I don't think he needs to. I think he, cool. they basically said you have you can do whatever you want here. So for him to want to invest that money, maybe he would one day. I don't think he needs to really. I think they're like, uh, you run this place, right? You can yeah, do whatever yeah. you want. Um, who knows? I mean, I listen. It's I, I can't imagine that you know a kid that grew up watching his favorite team to be such a part of it at that point wouldn't also at this point be going like, I have some ideas as far as how this team is managed, but. You know, who can complain about the Raptors right now? I think that they're making really good choices. I think, like, Nick Nurse is an awesome particular sort of talk about the Raptors that, that you got to imagine that Drake is going, they're in pretty good shape right now. And look what we did without uh, Kawhi. Yeah. You know, so uh, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, God knows, maybe you will. <laughs> Time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. Um, I want to actually touch on Kevin Smith, too, just to ask if you guys had a favorite sort of on-set moment with him, because I've always been a massive fan of Kevin Smith, and I I was very happy when he came into Degrassi because it was like two worlds that I loved sort of merging together, you know? Is he as cool as he seems in person, you know? I mean, at this point, he's Kevin, you know? (laughs) Like, he's super fun, and, like, I I adore the man. I mean, he actually got me to... I got to do my first directing on Degrassi because of him. Was that the he, zombie thing? No, that was, I was doing webisodes at one point. So I was, I was given an opportunity to sort of like produce and write and direct these webisodes. And instead of, I did about 80 of them. And that was sort of a learning curve. And by the time I was finishing them up, uh, Kevin was supposed to come and direct. He couldn't direct because there's a CanCon factor that you, you know, Oh, okay. that you can, and he said he, the only reason he, he the only way he would still come up to do it is if that I was uh, directing it, and I thought it was a joke. I thought it was an honest to god joke, but uh, yeah, he was very instrumental in me, you know, getting a chance to direct that way. But and you know, you, I, you've done a lot of directing since then too, right? I did about sixty episodes of Degrassi. Wow! And you know, I think I've you know I I was supposed to be working on a show this summer. Uh, I do this show that's, uh, called Holly Hobby for the last two seasons, but we totally got, we're going to hopefully start again in March. But uh, um, yeah, so yeah, it's, I, I will say the most fun I've had with Kevin was in a Drake video. I don't know if you ever saw that. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Where he sells me weed, which yeah. was pretty funny. So that's pretty that, was awesome. my, that was like being in, and I told him, it was like totally like being in Jane Simon Bob Strike Back. Like it was. It makes it, you feel like you're part of the ISK universe or whatever. Yeah, a lot. Um, so much so that that uh, I I felt I felt really satisfied because it was like not Snake really, you know. It was it was definitely the the Jane Simon Bob version of Snake. So nice. It was good. 
Okay, well, um, I don't want to waste too much more of your guys' time. I'm going to ask you guys, this will actually be the last time I ask anyone this because it's the last episode of the season. Um, but we've been asking everyone this season, if you could be endowed with a superpower, what would it be and why? And we don't accept flying because that seems like kind of obvious. Everyone wants nah. to fly. <laughs> uh, would I be a good hero or a bad hero? That's well, that's a whole other question right I'm there. I'm watching right? The Boys right now. Oh, dude, I'm so good. <laughs> I'm just loving Homelander. He's such a psychopath. Um, <laughs> gives me the creeps. Yeah. I was always a fan of Spider-Man growing up. Um, he was my alter ego as a kid, and I wanted to be Spider-Man, you know, the quirky, fun kid that had these uh, powers that made him just extraordinary. And um, my ultimate goal was to have, you know, the, the first issue of Spider-Man, which I ultimately got to do as an adult. But oh, nice. uh, being, being Spider-Man, climbing walls, uh, you know, having amazing agility and reaction time and, and spider senses and things like that, that would be a fun uh, power to have as a hero. Well, that's a, a slew of powers, and normally we don't accept that, but you're Joey Jeremiah, <laughs> so I don't give a fuck. You can be Spider-Man. That's awesome. Um, Stefan? Uh, well, you know, funny enough, I was watching... So this is really embarrassing, because my wife would be like, yeah, it's true. Uh, <laughs> so during the pandemic, I've been watching a lot of crap television, like a lot of old crap television, and I, Disney Plus has like all these old... has old Spider-Man, like, and his amazing friends. And oh, yeah, I love that just, show. Well, yeah, and then Michelle was like, I've like watched it a lot. And I think um, I think Iceman would be a cool power to have. Uh, if I can't fly and I can't, you know, the idea that he's able to build bridges and slide along them, I was like, that's that's fast. Pretty cool, yeah. I would take that. I think that's a, I think, I don't know, you know, I think I remember being a kid and being in the shower and watch the water roll off your arm and pretending you're shooting it out like you've got like some superpower. But nice. I don't know, that's... After watching some bad television lately, that's the superpower I'd want. Um, well, this will speak to my geekiness, but uh, in the comic books, Iceman is actually an Omega-level mutant, and he can, like, regenerate from a molecule of water, and he can... He's one of the most powerful mutants out there, really. There so, you go. I actually joke. heard that Shia LaBeouf was in talks recently to play him. Oh, really? I'm not even joking about that. Yeah. And, and well, Iceman recently came out in the comics a couple of years I ago, heard, yeah. 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 No, he's an interesting character. Yeah, he is cool. All right. Well, man, thank you so much to both of you again. This has been an amazing experience. And if you're ever in Ottawa, come on down. Awesome. Hope to make it back out there. Thank you. Thank All you the best to us. both of you. Stay safe out there. We'll do. Pat, I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. See you guys. Okay. Bye. Bye.